Welcome to the Kitchen Sink Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Starting in July 2021, the meeting will be hybrid. You will still be able to attend the meeting via Zoom. Please go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Um, well, my name is Lonnie. I'm a very, very grateful uh, recovering compulsive overeater. I've been a member of Overeaters Anonymous for um, 35 plus years. I've been abstaining from compulsively overeating from the sugar poison and from bad food behaviors for over 35 years. I'm also one of those that I'm still working on it, people. Okay, I'm not. I, I'm supposed to be tall and thin with pointy breasts and a tiny girl, and I'm not that. I'm still working on it. Let's just be real clear about what it is. And I want to read just a little something from for today, from October 12. One of the great strengths of Overeaters Anonymous is our usefulness to one another. Just by being present at meetings, we are doing a useful service for our fellow members as well as ourselves. I'm going to stop with that. I'm going to say, I freaking love Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I really love Zoom, by the way. Now, part of that is because I'm 78 and a half years old. I've got body parts that are trying to learn how to be 78 and a half years old. I'm working on those, too. But I, I, I love Overeaters Anonymous, Anonymous because when I came into OA, I'm going to go into that. It was December of 1985. December 1985, I was morbidly fat, 340 pounds. I was desperate. I had zero hope. There was no hope. Everything that I could think of, and I had a great brain, by the way. My brain got me there. Of course it was good. And, 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 and my food behavior and how I viewed my moral life at the time was I was a liar, a cheat, a sneak, and a thief. I was a really good liar, by the way, but I was a liar, a cheat, a sneak, and a thief. If you ask me anything about my food, whatever came out of my mouth was going to be a lie, you know? Uh, and, and, and I won't even go into it because we all know what that sounds like, but it was going to be a lie. And there were other things, too. I was not respected on my job. I did not know how I got there. Well, let's be better. I could not yet acknowledge truth, real truth. So... Um, here it is, December of 1985, and I'm doing what I do every December. We decorate, we party, we bake, we eat, we laugh, we go to movies, we do all this stuff. I gave fabulous, fabulous uh, Jolly Fat Girl. And, 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 and inside I'm terrified. I'm so frightened, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm one, the fear was so deep that for the first time in my life I had to acknowledge I had real fear. Because to me, fear was... Am I under physical threat? And I would size you up, male or female? No, I'm not under physical threat. Okay, then I'm not afraid. Wrong. I was so afraid, I finally had to acknowledge it bubbled up. I was 43 years old. I did say I'm 78 and a half. So, you know, I've been around a little while. But I was 43, uh, and I was terrified that I would have a heart attack and die, and someone would gain authority over my children. And that was my motivation to open up just a little bit to something. I didn't know what something was. You know, when side story, something's coming, something good, yeah, well, something, anything. Um, I diet skipped in my head, could I do this? No, could I do that? No, am I really, no, 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 everything was no. And I'm terrified. And my solution to that fear, by the way, 
was to go to the movies, hide in the dark, eat everything in sight, especially the sugar poison, and I do use the word sugar poison, not for you. You name your own stuff. I name it for me because I always want to remember. I forget a lot of stuff these days, but I always want to remember some certain things so that I don't drift off into a good idea. Oh, I had a good idea. I had a suddenly moment, you know, and suddenly I found myself doing something I had no business doing. How did that happen? Oh, I had a good idea. So I, I name my poison when I speak of it regularly, and I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm actually, I, I am really good with that. So here I am, I'm 340 pounds, and I cannot stop eating. I ate, I could not eat enough to escape. Escape what, you might ask me, and I would say everything. I needed to escape the life, my, 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 my life at birth, well, I'm about 43, so there's some years there, but I need to escape the life I created for myself. All I knew was that I had one solution. It was to get enough. Could I eat enough? There was no enough in my life. And I can remember being in Westwood, near the Federal Building, where we all used to park, and I'm going to the movies, and one of the new office buildings was very uh, reflective. I don't know if it was actually mirrored, but the glass was very reflective, and I'm walking from the movies, going back to my car, and I see myself full body. I never looked at myself full body. This is all I was. I was the floating head. And, and I see myself full body, and I didn't recognize myself. So I'm in that frame of mind. And it is now January 1986. And a binge friend of mine, we're back at work, I'm in aerospace, we're back at work, I'm at my desk, I'm not doing well, and, and I can't eat enough. And she called and she sent me a piece of something out of her newcomer's packet. She called me. She said, you know, there's an Overeaters Anonymous meeting over in Westchester, not far from you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to come Tuesday night? And I, I was desperate and I said, yes. And I did. And I went. And... And I fortified myself by uh, some local chicken delicious in Westchester, and, and I went in with my, you know, with my food stained clothes, reeking of it, and I went into that meeting. I was the largest person in the room. I met the most beautiful woman there who ended up being not only my first sponsor, but my absolute dearest friend for life, and she passed away in 2017. Um, but I, I did not know all of that was going to take place, and I bought a book. About the age 12 and 12, you guys said that's what we were studying. We didn't have, we didn't even have 12. This was before we even got the 12, let alone, you know, 12 and 12, edition 2 even. And I thought, I'm not going to, I don't want anything to do with you people. I'm not going to hang around with you people. But I bought that book and there's a secret. You guys know it. And I'm going to go home. I'm going to read for the plot. I'm going to find the secret because I'm good at that. And, and, and I'm done with you. That was Lonnie's book plan in uh, January of 1986. Uh, and obviously, thank God, that plan never came to be. Because I did exactly what I said. I left, I took the book, I went home, and I'm reading it. I'm going to tell you what a good liar I was. The following week when my friend called to say, hey, are you coming to Tuesday night back to the Overeaters Anonymous? My brain was struck numb. And I couldn't think of a good enough lie to sell to her for everything I had. <laughs> And I said, yeah, okay, well, I already got the book. Two, I already know what the room looks like. Three, I know what the people look like. I'll be okay. And that was not when I married over Peter's Anonymous, but I was definitely getting ready to have a first date or so. 
and I went to the second meeting. And actually the rest became history because I've never left. I only have one claim to fame in all readers anonymous. I'm still here. And I'm still invited to come to meetings. Thank you. I'm still invited to come. And I listen and I'm grateful. And at this time of the year, my sponsor and I talked about this recently. I draw very close to my program because I have actually been in a place where I walked in. I walked into a, must have been Sam's Club, to buy, to make a purchase for an office that I was working at quite a while ago. Five, six years in maybe. And I literally was stopped dead in my tracks because when I walked in the front door, the candy was stacked up taller than me. And I was still five, six at that time and then wearing little heels. So I was paralyzed and I backed out and I left. And I made up some story at work and I went back the next day to buy what I was supposed to buy because now I knew what it looked like and I could walk past the tent. And that's how I view this time of year. Everywhere there it is. It, it, and, and it wouldn't take very much to have a robotic moment and, and, and suddenly thought, well, that bar at the checkout stand is probably very healthy and contains health. No, it's not good for me. That's not my food. That's not good for me. You know? But at this time of year, especially because uh, I am impacted by the status of my family. My family is fractured. I'm very close to some and separated from another. Doesn't mean that my heart doesn't love. It's just it, it's fractured, and I have it. Um, I know what it is like to be without hope and to be um, out there and thinking that the solution is in all of the substances that are out there attracting us. So, trying to keep a little, a little bit off, and I be I don't normally make notes, but you know, trying to wrap up. 20 years, 35 years and 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes is, is a little on the difficult side. So, um, the most profound thing I learned from that, that early on Tuesday night meeting was that first sponsor said to me, I don't want you to worry about what you're eating. No one had ever said those words to me before. She said, don't worry about the food, Bonnie. Remember, I got the food stains on my clothes through what I eat. But she says, don't worry about it, just come back to the next meeting. Just come back to the next meeting. And one or two meetings in, she said to me one night, you know, there are other OA meetings. Seriously? Are you suggesting I go to more of them? Yes, there are other OA meetings. And what does that mean to me? She says, you know, there's a 100-pounder meeting that meets a federal building over in Westwood. I know this, this place well. She says, um, why don't we meet for dinner and we'll go together? Interpretation is I'm going to make sure you get there. I understood exactly where she was coming from. And I did. I did. There are people that I still see on meeting today that are dear friends that I saw on that first night in 1986 in February when I went there. And there were birthdays happening and rowdiness and loud and obnoxious. And I wanted to die and I wanted to leave and I was in the back of the room and I just could not make my way without being seen. And so I stayed. And I never left. It's my home meeting. I'm still there. 35 plus years later, Thursday night, you pretty much are looking for me. That's where you'll find me. But at that time, I'm, I'm just, I'm being impacted by a lot of Overeaters Anonymous and language I don't understand and readings I don't understand. What the heck does this have to do with what I, and all she would say, she would just nod and say, I thought she was lying at the time. Later I found out she just really didn't know. But she would just say, you know, just keep coming back, mom. Just keep coming back. And I did. 
And then the, and the interesting thing was, um, one Friday morning after a very incredible Thursday night chair, I decided I was going to give that abstinence thing you guys talked about. I was going to give it a chance. I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe you know what you're talking about. Maybe not. And I did. And I was able that Friday morning to walk away from my four boxes of roll shop cookies that I gave away. Walked away from a tray of donuts. This is all before 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm feeling like, you know, you guys should be able to read from the glow of my halo at this point. And that was the beginning for me. And the rest of it is wash, rinse, repeat. I stay in Overeaters Anonymous because the recovery is here. When I came here, I didn't have a solution. And it wasn't that long in that I started to accept and realize the solution is here. It's in Overeaters Anonymous. It is with us. It is our common weakness that makes us very, very strong so that we can help newcomers who come in the way I was helped. And that's kind of been my goal. I want to warmly welcome people to Overeaters Anonymous. My Thursday night meeting, we talk about this often. We want to warmly welcome people, they're 100 pounders or not. We don't really care. That's just the emphasis of our speakers. But we want to warmly welcome people to Overeaters Anonymous because the solution is here. The solution is not out there. I also want to say that in my life and in my program today, there's a lot of joy and laughter. One of the things I love, I plug into the Tuesday night meeting, there's a lot of people, hundreds of times just going around and around, and I go, oh yeah, yeah, this is really funny. You know, we're a funny group. Some of us have seen each other for years, and some of us were new to each other, and that's okay. If I wasn't having a good time, I'd be, oh, would I be here? I wouldn't. You know, so I'm having a good time. This morning when I started out my morning, this is my morning routine, and I really want to talk about this before I run out of my time. When I woke up this morning, I gave thanks and gratitude. Thank you. I, I receive and I accept the gift. I receive and I accept it. I receive and I accept the uh, freedom from the bondage of one. Freedom from the bondage of compulsively overeating. Freedom from the bondage of sugar poison and bad food behaviors. Now, for the rest of the day, and it's still early, I don't have to struggle to try to get it. I've been given it. I accepted it. I received it. And what's my job? Don't trash it. Don't treat it lightly. Honor it. Nestle it. It's mine all day long. Now all I have to do is plan my meals. They're kind of on the boring side. I just had breakfast. Believe me, it really, it was not sexy. And I have life. I did some service. I'm going to talk to some people. My sponsor and I will probably talk later on today. Whatever it is I'm going to do. My food is fine. It's taken care of. My food plan has changed over the years. I eat today. If you had told me this a long time ago, I would have left you run screaming down the street naked with my hair on fire. You know, today it's very easy for me to eat whole food, plant-based. It is not sexy, but it's mine. Okay, and 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 it works. It's working well for me. Um, last year I had uh, surgery for breast cancer. I am doing just fine. I exercise all the time. I've accepted these. I've already done this morning's exercise. I got points in heaven. So I've done my qigong this morning. That's all I had to do. Little old lady exercise, and I'm good with that. And I and I speak about these things because uh, a lot has happened, and I'm trying to condense it into a short period of time. But I have a higher power. There is a power greater than me that definitely does for me what I'm not able to do for myself. Now, I am the lower power. 
there are some things I get to do for myself. I can't just sit back and say, well, you know, higher power didn't stop me from getting that food spoon and, and running into the back of Robin's and eating all the ice cream. No, 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 no. Five minutes, Lonnie. Thank you. Um, so, I have a higher power. I give thanks all the time. This meeting, I'm grateful for this meeting. Other meetings, grateful for that. Lessons learned. Do I stub my toe and mess up? Yeah, I stub my toe and I mess up. Okay? And you know, I get to, we have, we know how to correct that. We can apologize for making amends or don't have to be right. Or just back off. Um, I, I, I don't have to play snappy answers to stupid questions. I won that game. The winner looks like a 340 pound woman who is angry and in trouble at work all the time. That's what that looks like. I already know how to do that. Let's do something different. Let's not speak about it at all. Oh, there's a thought. Okay, let me ponder on that for a while. Maybe some writing about this conversation. In other words, I, I, I think my, my salvation today is that I'm willing to change. I am willing to not necessarily be right all the time. And if I am right, I'm going to shut up about it. Or I won't tell you that I'm right. Tell somebody else who will remind me, like my sponsor, you don't have to be right. Okay. Or you were right. What are you going to do about it? Mm, maybe nothing. Do I owe anything to somebody? Uh, no. Do I owe something? Yes. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to apologize for it and not do it anymore to the best of my ability. That works. That definitely works. Um, and, and service all the time. I, I mean, I hope everybody here has a sponsor, number one. Number two, if your sponsor is really a good sponsor, you're going to feel that elbow in your ribs when it comes time to service. Every sponsor I ever had made me do stuff I didn't want to do, including now practically. But it's, I don't want to do stuff. I sit in back of the room and let you guys do everything. What's wrong with that plan? Well, maybe that's not a good plan for my recovery. Oh. Okay, I'm willing to embrace that idea. So, for a long time, you will give service on different levels at the meeting, above the meeting, for whatever needs to be done. I found myself doing all kinds of things today. I have not a problem giving service inside the program or outside the program. Where I live, I give service. It's almost like second nature for me to say, how can I help? Can I help you? Can I be of service to you? Um, and, and often somebody would say, well, yes, actually you can. It's also a good thing for me to say, you know something? I need some help. I, then I got something I'd like to bounce it off of you. You've got a minute? Okay, good. And, and, you know, lastly, I want to say that um, in the last week or more, I have experienced um, the emotion called lonely. I'm not lonely. But sometimes I experience that. And today, I'm blessed to be able to tell the difference between lonely and alone. I'm alone, I live alone, but lonely is a little bit different. And I said it to my sponsor, and I said it to other people, they're a little bit lonely. It was just helpful for me to acknowledge that one, I had a feeling, and number two, I knew what it was, and number three, I was going to take no action that would create any harm. I really believe in do no harm. And I have to start that with do no harm to Lonnie. Do not harm me, Lonnie. Lonnie, don't harm yourself here. And that way I can, I'm in better place to, to do no harm to you. And if I need help, it's perfectly, perfectly fine with me to say, hey, I, I, you know, I heard you speak and you talked about this. Can you, can you help me with this? Um, share a little bit more on that. And that takes me really away from, 
the whole head world I lived in when I walked into Overeaters Anonymous and I met you. So, Overeaters Anonymous to me holds a place of the highest esteem. And, and one of the things that I really like to do, and I'm going to get this said before I, I end, is um, I like to issue an invitation. Not just to those here, because we are here. But some of us are here because we're checking the box. Hey, my sponsor said I need to attend the meeting. And this is early enough, let me check that box and get out of here. No, no, no. I want to invite you, you see. I want you to come and join with us. And let us come and join with us and experience our recovery. And then let us sit with you as we experience your recovery. I experienced the recovery of people that came way before me and I just sit back and went, oh my goodness, the, the wisdom that I got from them. And and I think that is one of the greatest things in Overeaters Anonymous that we get to offer is that we bring, um, we bring our recovery to the meeting, but we also get a chance, I also get a chance to sit and watch others blossom into their own recovery. And, 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 and the whole thing just gets better as we grow along. I invite you to come. The solution is here. And lastly, this program works. It works. And there's nothing else I can honestly say. I'm not the same woman that I walked in to this program in 1986. I don't lie, cheat, sneak, or steal. I am honest, and if I make a mistake, I know I was granted, but this program works. So with that, I would say thank you so much for inviting me to come here and speak this morning. It has been my pleasure. Thank you, Randy. Um, this is a time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are their own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked uh, before raising your hand. If you have a question and are in person, raise your hand. If you are on Zoom, type your question into the chat and a tech host will read it to the group and the speaker. We will alternate between in-person and online questions. The speaker will repeat the question before answering. Um, we stop at uh, 9.50. Who uh, has a question? I have a question. Absolutely, go ahead. Hi. Hi. How does um, a person with a food, like they say, they promise they're not going to do this, or they're going to do this, whatever, but how... What helps you to keep your word with that so you would stay out of the food? Did you get the question? Let's repeat it. Uh, how do you stay out of the food? What tools do you use to... How do you, yeah, how do you keep your word? How do you keep your promise to yourself and to other people? Great question. Lonnie? Okay, if I understand the question, how do I keep my promise to myself or other people with, with, with the food? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Okay, yes, I, I'd like to address that. Uh, number one, I have a sponsor. Every single day, I send my sponsor my food, generally at the end of the day. Today, because I have a bad memory, I have to write it down kind of as I eat it, because after dinner, I cannot remember what I ate for lunch. This is not a good thing. 
So um, I'm going to say this to the person who asked the question. Abstinence, oh, I'm sorry, food planned foods. Food planned foods begin not at the table when you sit down or in front of the television set. They begin at the grocery cart when you're shopping. So if you are shopping, and, and I have had this experience, honestly, and I take a look at something and go, oh, that, that sounds like a good idea. And I put it in the cart. Is that what, if I have to ask the question, I already know the answer. This means I'm going to have a conversation with my sponsor about what I just put in the cart. I can guarantee I backed up, took it out the cart, and put it back, you know. Because then when I went and got my regular food, if I'm buying apples, I don't have a conversation about that. But if I'm getting ready to buy a bag of nuts or something, oh, i got to have a conversation about that. There's different things. So it is um, a commitment to honesty to let yourself be accountable to another person. I'm going to repeat that. It's a commitment to honesty to allow yourself to be accountable to another person. That person I have chosen is my sponsor. By the way, anybody on this meeting can call me up and say, Lonnie, would you have for breakfast? I'll tell you the exact truth and you'll go, that was a bore. Okay. Uh, but the point is that the commitment, commitment, that means every day, and honesty is very serious. And having made that commitment to me, I say, oh, I married my sponsor, which means every day she knows what I'm going to eat. And occasionally she will ask me a question. I might not want to answer it, um, but I answer it. And we go on. I make the commitment. It's second nature for me now. I've done it for so many years. But it's helpful because I don't have the same relationship with food that people who are not like us have. My relationship with food is a little bit different. It has meant more than it should be. Secondly, abstinence is the thing from which I refrain from. It is the thing I do not do. Food plans, that is the thing of which I eat. That's, the, that, that's what goes in the cart. It's the food plan. The abstinence is the thing from which I, I refrain, like the sugar poison. I hope I answered that question. Thank you, Ronnie. By the way, Lonnie, while, I, while we're waiting for the next question, would you type your uh, contact information into the chat, if you can? Thank you. Yes, I'm happy to. I'll do it right now. Perfect. Thanks, Lonnie. Okay. Um, I do have a Zoom question. Yeah. Um, is complacency an issue, and if so, what do you do about it? Ooh, complacency. Now, does that mean complacency with food? Complacency with wanting to do some reading and writing and doing the work? Complacency with not wanting to do the inventory, which to me is the highlight of doing the work? Okay, you want to know why you compulsively overeat or starve yourself to death or something? Well, stop doing what you're doing and you're going to find out really, really fast. That's, that's my experience. So sometimes it is just boring. I don't want to go to another OA meeting. I don't want to have to do this. I'm freaking tired of writing about that. That in itself asks a question. You can mix things up. Try a different OA meeting. Choose a different page you're going to write on. Take one day off and say, I'm going to allow myself today to not improve myself. I heard that from my sponsor, by the way. I didn't make that up. She said to me, not that long ago, I'm not improving myself today. And I went, okay, that works for me. And we laughed about it, but I understood what she was saying. Maybe it was a little bit of complacency. Maybe just tired of doing it. And what I heard was, I am allowing myself to take a little break. I did say little. You heard me say little. Don't misquote me on this. To take a little break. Bottom line, I don't want to read this morning the things that I read every morning. There's a, a little flock of them, and I read them. 
By, by midday, I sat in that chair and I'm reading them. Habit. Not a bad habit. So complacency, um, I, I want to say, please do not allow yourself to use complacency as a reason for why you don't want to do something. It's not a reason necessarily, but it could be a real thing. And if you want to take a day off, give yourself permission, check it out with your sponsor. Talk to a couple of friends about taking a day off. And, and, and there you have um, um, connection. I heard in this program that the uh, solution to addiction is connection, or the opposite of addiction is connection. Because we all know how to draw back into ourselves and be alone and listen to ahead. The broken brain cannot fix the broken brain. Thank you, Marcy. Okay, I hope I answered that question. Thanks, Lonnie. Any, any questions here in the room? Mark. Uh, thank you for your share, Lonnie. Um, you mentioned that you were at times, let's say, lonely. Uh, what do you do to go through, let's say, that emotion or any other emotion that just there, and then what steps or what tools do you use to maybe work through it, even if it doesn't seem like it's changing, it goes day to day and nothing changes? Okay. I'm, I'm still learning how to uh, meditate, to do mindful meditation. I didn't think that I was able to do it because I had lots of thoughts. I have a busy, I have a monkey mind. I have a busy brain. And yet I found out that everybody does. Oh, and what do you do with that? Name the thoughts and let them go. This is a practice. This is, this is, I'm saying this in a short time, but you don't learn it 30 seconds. It, 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 it's a long-term practice like other practices. So, um, what do I do when I have something, an emotion that I can identify, a feeling? Well, guess what I've learned? And that's because I stay here and listen. I've learned that I can sit still and feel something. And just because I feel something, I don't have to act on it. I am loaded with food thoughts these days. The television set, set shows me more pizza than I ever wanted to see in my entire life. <laughs> food thoughts. But I do not have to go get it. I don't have to act on that thought. I can hold that thought. As my sponsor said to me years ago, you can think anything you want to think as long as you don't eat. Oh, wait a minute. That was a whole different, she opened a door I never dreamed possible before. So, I could feel lonely. I was thrilled to be able to identify it and give it a name. I could feel it. I already, I already knew how to feel anger and festivity. I was real good at that one. Um, but I could feel subtleties. I recently, in the last few months, I was talking about low-grade anxiety. It, it sounds like in the movies when the music goes, and you know something weird is going to happen, somebody's going to jump out of the doorway with a gun. Okay, low-grade anxiety. I can feel that. I don't have to act on it. It is amazing that I don't have to act on how I feel, and I sort that out in a different way. I can definitely talk about it write about it. I could make a song about it if I just had to. But I can, the actions that I contemplate taking that are just expressed have nothing to do with what goes in my mouth. I cannot eat it away. And that's the difference. I do not have to escape from it. I'm not afraid of it. I just have to acknowledge how I feel in a different manner. And that takes practice and guidance. Rarely does somebody learn how to do that by themselves. I am open to guidance, and I'm available to practice, and I, that's it. That, that, I hope I did that. Thank you. 
Thanks, Lonnie. Um, can you share about your relationship with your higher power? I would love to. I would love to. My higher power. Okay, so uh, I have a, a religion. I, 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 I want to strangle it right now. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm like not happy with it. Um, so I have a religion, and yet I don't necessarily always identify my higher power with my religion because I learned about higher power here, the difference with religion, and that was spirituality. Spirituality can be gained deeply and wonderfully by somebody who never put a foot in a church or a temple or a, a mosque, okay? Okay, so I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. My higher power, I, I wrote it, I wish I could put my hands on it quickly because I would read it for you absolutely loves me, just loves me, has always been there. It was me who wasn't connecting. Wasn't the higher power. Higher power was right there. It's kind of like being in the room with the lamp. I can hold on to the lamp, but if I don't put the, put the plug in, the thing in, connect with the electricity and there's a bulb, I don't get light. But it doesn't mean that. It, thank you, that is not fair. So, um, I... Everything good that, that comes to me comes via my higher power. Does that mean I don't have difficulties and I don't have concerns and worries? I get concerns and worries, and this is what some of my reading has led me to, that I'm supposed to have concerns and worries. That is how I really connect with the power greater than me. Because if my life was a flat line and everything was just really hunky-dory and a cartoon, well, no, life isn't that way. My life isn't that way. And so, when I get difficulties, what I ask for, I ask for things, I'm like a little beggar girl sometimes, but I ask for, please, please guide me and direct me. Please guide my thoughts, my words, my actions, my reactions, my exercise, my service. I'm going to give service somewhere every single day. Please guide and direct. And then my head will take over, and I can, I can come up with some of the craziest stuff. And then I get to recognize, Lonnie, that did not happen. That conversation never happened. So you don't have to react to it and protect. It didn't happen. Get out of fantasy land. Fantasy land didn't work. You know? But the higher power is the higher power. I get to be the lower power. The higher power is in charge of the food if I ask. And if I don't ask, this means Lonnie's in charge. We already know what that looks like. I've described it. But as the lower power, when I go grocery shopping, I get to drive the car carefully. I get to go in and select the items in my cart healthily. I get to pack it up, bring it home, put it away, cook, cook what I'm going to cook, which I did last night. I get to do that as the lower power. I know where my position is in the universe, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't want to run my world, and I certainly don't want to run yours. So... Um, as abstinence, I believe the connection with the higher power is a mental exercise that we learn. I have to learn. I'm not going to put that on you. But I have to learn. It has nothing to do with the rituals in, in a church or anything else for me. It means that I recognize that I am not running the world or the grown-ass people in my family or you or anyone else. I can make good suggestions. And as I treat with my children, I'll say it one time and I'll back off. I plant the seed. I learned that here. I don't nag or anything else. And with my higher power, always there. I have but to ask. And then slow down, pause, quiet, and listen for the answer. 
Maybe it's the wisdom of age. I've gotten better at the pause, quieting, and listening. And maybe because of practice, I can pause, be quiet. I can sit with a quiet mind. And then if I want busy mind, I can watch television. <laughs> that will stimulate you. So I hope I, I hope I addressed that and was helpful. Uh, next question. Anybody in the room? Perfect. Um, can you uh, talk about amends and particularly any that were indirect? How do you do that? Can you speak about amends, Lonnie, and uh, especially the ones that are indirect? Yes. Yeah. Um, can you repeat that? Yeah, I didn't hear the question. Yeah, can you talk about an experience with amends, that. both direct, but especially indirect? Still okay. can't understand. Still can't understand. Huh. Can you talk okay. about amends? Oh, 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 absolutely. I have a lovely little amends story and I'll wrap it up for you, okay? So I'm working at the time and there was a young man there. And um, I was under a lot of stress, blah, blah, blah. He came, and I did it. I made my declaration. The next person that comes into my office and interrupts me, I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Guaranteed, he walked in, and he interrupted me, and, and, and I and I raked him over the pole. And he backed out, and he scuttled away, little engineer. And I knew, I knew this was not good behavior. And so I went looking for him, and he was very artfully dodging me the rest of the time. <laughs> and I went to his, later on that day, I went to his office. He also was a good little compulsive overeater, but, you know, that was him. And I, I knew what I was looking at. And I went to his office, and when he came down the aisle, and he saw me waiting at the door of his office, I could see him want to back up and run. But he didn't. He, he got brave enough to approach. And when he went into his office, I said to him, I came to apologize to you. For raking you over the coals. I did not tell him about my stress for all the work that I was doing. I made, I said, I came to apologize to you and to make amends to you for how I treated you when you came into my office. And he looked like I'd thrown water on him. And he just stood there and I said, I'm so sorry for treating you with less dignity than you deserve to be treated. I'm going to make every effort in the future to not do that to you. He looked like he was going to cry. I'm telling you the story right now. It's an old story, and I feel like I'm going to cry. And I could see his shoulders relax. And I could see him calm down. We worked together for two, three years after that before we all dissolved uh, the company, and, uh, and I never did that to anybody again. It was honest, clean, heartfelt, delivered, no excuses, no reasons, no, you don't, but you don't understand my case is different. No, I didn't treat him with the respect that he was due. And I made it as soon as I could. That's my amend story for today. <laughs>